Tom Donahue, Philly Freedom. Tom Donahue reports on WFIL Radio. So glad that you guys and gals are with us today. We have a, well, a Freedom gal. Her name is Angeline Marie. She is the host of True Seekers Radio Show. That's truthseekersradioshow.com. Uh, Angeline, thanks so much for joining us uh, on the broadcast. Tom, thanks so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be with you today. Well, you know, we go back a ways. Uh, you used to listen to my program on one of the internet networks, well, actually multiple networks over time. We, we forged a friendship, and you were very supportive and uh, even helped with the website and all kinds of good things. As we continue to communicate, we realized we had a tremendous amount in common. Uh, we certainly had the same vision and mission and uh, purpose as it related to the Constitution, our faith, and restoring our constitutional republic, which is the form of government that the founders and framers gave us, that uh, we were blessed with, we were bestowed with. And, and the thing was, was that as I continue to get to know you, I realized that you had some talk talents, that, that you had not only knowledge and, and drive and uh, you were motivated and inspired to do something about the moral decay and the political cesspool that we have. And so I said, well, maybe you should start a podcast or maybe actually do a streaming program. And as time went on, you did. So uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about that? Well, that it's funny because I, I went to school for broadcasting, but I always wanted to be in the background. I wanted to be a producer and I never liked my voice. You know, it's different if you're on television because people can see you and hear the voice. And so if your voice isn't that great, then the visual just helps more and gives you, I think, more credibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my voice, though, always just didn't seem right to me. But I always, at the heart, since I was a kid, I listened to talk radio. I don't know where that came from, but I remember being 18, 19 years old listening to Rush Limbaugh. Nobody in my age at that time would listen to such a program. But so I was bitten by the talk radio bug long ago. And mm -hmm. then I have to say the day I turned on um, Dr. Stan Monteith, uh, his program, Radio Liberty, mm -hmm. that's what inspired me. And I, it, it's like, I think the Lord told me, look, maybe you don't like your voice, but you, I always felt like this was something I had to do. And so I just started doing it. And Thanks to people like you, you mentored me, and so here we are today, and I'm talking to you on your show. So No, it's great. And, you know, the thing is, people don't realize that 99% of people in broadcasting don't like their voice, or it, it sounds odd to them. It's only because you're hearing your own voice, And uh, but if, if, if that voice belonged to someone else, you probably wouldn't be so critical. So that that is true, and I do know people in radio and television and, very, and cinema that they either will not watch themselves on screen or they will not listen to themselves because it, they say it really kind of disrupts them because they really, you know, they're, they're, they, they don't realize that that's what they sound like. And so they try not to focus on uh, their own voice or their own image uh, on the screen. So it's not unusual, but I, I can guarantee you, and I, I, I know a little bit about voices in the business, you have a good voice, and I, I know the audience would concur. So getting beyond that, Mm -hmm. there, there's an issue that I, I think that, especially for women, but also whether a man, a woman, uh, a child, or, or something in between, which seems to be the case today, <laughs> and, and that you have this transgender juggernaut uh, of people that are identity confused, and uh, whether it's legitimate or not, but it's they want us to change the way people select their, I guess, the facilities, you know, the, the bathroom facilities, 
what are your thoughts on, on this, uh, which I think is just ridiculous and, and nonsensical and, and potentially dangerous? First of all, I want to say I have a very strong opinion on this subject, and I know everybody has their own opinion. You have an opinion. Your audience has an opinion. But the first thing that struck me about this whole issue was it's only about these transgender people. And I thought, but what about women? And the first thing I thought is, where are the women's groups in this? And I think that's what upsets me the most. It seems like even in my daily life, this has bothered me so much. And yet I don't see any other women talking about it. Yeah, who's going to do the inspections? I mean, uh, in terms of uh, what, what, if you have a package or you don't have a package or you have a certain organ or you don't have an organ, or the whole thing is just absurd. Right, and I here's what happened. I received an email from Jim Paris. I, I believe you know Jim oh, Paris. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Right, of Jim Paris Live. And he had been a Trump supporter, and then he sent out this email one day, and he was going on about how he was upset because Trump had made a comment in the news about the when he was asked about the transgender bathroom situation in North Carolina. And so Paris wasn't too fond of this, and so it prompted him to write an article on the subject. And within that article, he posted, uh, it was a YouTube video, and what it had was about 25 profiles of transgenders from, these were men that became women or dressed like women. And I got to say, I went through the profiles, and out of 25, 19 of them really had committed uh, sexual assault, rape, and even murder. There was this common theme amongst all these profiles, and it really disturbed me. Now, I have to say, I haven't had time to go through these profiles and fact check, and I think that's important. So at this point, I can only call them allegations. So I can't well, you know, say... a simple solution here beyond the whole gender thing, and that is, if, if it's a public bathroom that uh, allows for more than one person at a time to, to use the common facilities you know then i think that it should be strictly male and female if it's if it's you know you know a you know occupant of one then which many you know should happen is that if people are so strongly in favor of this well then build multiple bathrooms run up the tab and and then keep it secure for everybody Right, but, you know, the thing that disturbs me the most, Tom, we've been supposedly fighting for women's rights, you know, when it's when it's to our benefit. But what about just a plain, regular American woman? What, what about their privacy? What about their modesty? And after seeing these profiles, what about their safety? Because I got to tell you, there's a, a lot of these profiles, like I said, the same common theme throughout, and the victims were girls and women in ages 4 through 71 mm -hmm. years old. Well, but and transvestites, transvestites, you know, they, they just dress up, and they, there's no gender identity unless uh, they're just confused looking in the mirror, so they're, they're not going through any sex, sex changes. And the fact is that if everything is supposed to be unisex, and everything's supposed to be, you know, so-called equal rights, and, and, no, and nobody's supposed to be any different uh, in, if, in terms of being viewed or being treated, well, then, then uh, I think us guys should just have the opportunity, you know, that if we want to just walk in any bathroom, too, uh, you know, so it should be a free-for-all. If you know, So really, that's what it's going to become is a circus. Well, and a lot of these profiles happened in women's restrooms, like, you know, Macy's restroom, 
the 71 year old woman was uh, it was an attempted rape. And then it just disturbs me that no, no, no women are talking about it. And I, I sometimes feel like, am I strange that I feel so strong about how, this? I know. How can we be changing all societal norms for less than a tenth of a percent of people? And if, if, even um, Bruce Jenner, whatever his alter ego is now, Caitlyn or whatever, now, is now re- starting to revisit the possibility that maybe he made a mistake, that you know, maybe really, maybe really is a man after all. Uh, isn't that wonderful? You that he really said that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on the Drudge Report. There was uh, some other reporting done on this that he's starting to uh, question whether he wants to return. Uh, have I guess more work done to to return to his original uh, biological, uh, you know, sexual identity. Well, you, you know what I found out. Listen to th- this one. I'm not going to name any names because, like I said, at this point, this video is just allegations in my mind. But the most alarming one was a transgender woman that was a man that had been convicted and served prison time for raping his own 14-year-old stepdaughter. He's released from prison, and then he becomes director of Transgender Human Rights Institute and he held that position until they discovered that he had been in prison for rape of this 14-year-old stepdaughter. But my question is, so if, if, I, if I can get this information, if I can see that these guys were not only accused but convicted, and now they have free reign into locker rooms, restrooms, dressing rooms, and also women's prisons, women's shelters— where is this going? Do you mean to tell me that the government officials and law enforcement don't know that these cases exist? Oh, of course they do. And it, the whole thing is political correctness. And that's what Donald Trump generally you know, flies in the face of. And, and, and let me, my, and my good friend Jim Paris, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Jim. But sometimes people with one issue can just blow their top and, and flip on somebody. But quite frankly, you have to remember, Donald Trump talks off the cuff. And what he's thinking in the moment, he hasn't even thought it through. And hopefully he'll learn um, to really think things through before spouting an opinion. And I don't know where he stands today on that. But I, but I do know that Trump is, is right on a lot of issues. And I've decided that wh- whomever the candidate will be, if, if they're going to do some things right for America, anything right for America, that's my candidate. And the only one that, 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 that I believe has is, is saying anything that it resembles doing something right for America is Donald Trump. Um, well, I got to say, I was behind him, too, until I heard this. Now, I still haven't heard what his comment yeah, it was. It was an off-the-cuff remark. He was interviewed. You know, I don't think he thought it through. I don't even know where he stands. I do know that being in the entertainment business, uh, being a celebrity, you know, he's had a lot of contact with people that are, are gay or homosexual. And so he's been very, I guess, liberal in his views, or very... Um, progressive or open-minded and i know that he, he's very good friends with elton john and so there you know there are some you know i mean look at society the way it has turned uh, this issue i mean obama at one time hillary bill clinton you know almost all the politicians up till 2008 or 9 were all for defensive uh, marriage and, and family act i think it is i mm-hmm. can't I, I maybe you know the exact wording of it the, the point was that it was it, it, there was a belief that you couldn't change the definition of marriage that it did involve a man and a woman, and holy matrimony, which was marriage at one time, was between the man, the woman, and the creator God. Now you got Caesar the state involved. But now everything is flipped where everybody should be able to get married. I guess I guess the way they would word it is, oh, just as long as you love somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, pe- people, yeah, people soon will be wanting to marry their pet. 
So yeah, I think it's called Defensive Marriage Act. But now they've all flipped on it and they're saying, well, uh, you know, so so how could Obama? So they can say, oh, well, they just evolved. No, they, they, no, the evolution is based on political, uh, you know, you know, pragmatics or, or uh, political posturing and ploys. You know, that's really what it is. It's, it's catering to uh, whatever, wherever they're going to get the votes. And now the, the brainwashing, you know, the socialization is so strong that if you even try to have this discussion with the average person because they're watching the Kardashians or they're watching – you know, God only knows what reality program, which is unreality program, and all the the political and and the um, news spinmeisters, they're all saying that oh well, you know, you're you're like a you know you're some kind of like caveman if you believe that if you don't if you don't accept uh, gay marriage, you know, I don't have a problem with domestic partnerships. I don't I don't have a problem with contracts in general that people want to form, but don't don't change the institutions and the definitions that have been in. Yeah, but how can you just turn all societal norms, rules, and views on, on its head? I mean, I don't... You know. How is because I don't think enough conservatives, Christians, etc., are speaking out. They, they just, every time we get punched, we let it roll. Punch, we let it roll. And the liberals don't do that. They fight and they fight until they get their way. Him, but we don't. We roll over and die. We figure. I don't. I don't know why we don't say anything. But in by and large, we do not say anything. That's why it's gotten where it is today. But I just hope that in the let's say let's say in the event that Trump doesn't uh, clarify or change uh, the position based on the fact that he did some more research. You know, just like he, he became uh, pro-life over time. You know, I, I'm I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump. You know, because. I, uh, number one, I would never vote for hellish Hillary, and I would have never voted for another Bush, and certainly uh, any of the established order. It's going to destroy any chance of getting anything done. You know, now I think you're. I think that the local and state officials are the ones that really, you know, you can try to hold their feet to the fire on some of these very specific issues. I mean, I, I again, Trump, Trump's going to have some position on this. It's going to be in the party platform. So no, but we have to realize that 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 Trump is going to be working with, uh, you know, the party in, in the formation of the platform, and so there's going to be a lot more clarity, and there's going to be a lot more, you know, uh, certainty as to where he stands, where the party stands. But I'll tell you, the culture has really taken a, a, a turn to the gutter. And some would say, well, you shouldn't talk about people like that. No, I'm talking about people like that. And, and again, I don't know enough about the, the, bio, the biology and the sexuality and the orientation and all that. I'm just saying that why can a very, very, very small percentage of the population dictate the norms and the values to, to the 99.999%? Even if you look at, let's say, um, homosexual marriage or gay marriage, whatever you want to call it. The, the percentages still are somewhere around 2% that that's, they declare themselves to be, you know, gay or homosexual. Even even in that arena, it's it's not as large as you would think. The, the highest percentage I've ever seen, and again, that was never provable, was 10% that was bisexual, you know, homosexual, that were involved with the same, same sex. I guess it all boils down to the agenda at the end of the day is a lot of it is to destroy the family and i guess that's where all this stuff comes from that's yep. just my feeling no it's not just a feeling you raise a great point is that how do you how do you how do how does a certain special interest um you know sect within society how do they uh take control well they'd have to destroy what they would see as the opposition 
So if more and more people are in same-sex marriages, there's going to be less, you know, reproduction. <laughs> well, there will be no reproduction unless they <laughs> unless they swung the other way. But the um, you know, and of course there's adoptions, but they're not actually creating new life. So you're you're exactly right, and and it's it really is an assault on uh, well, it's assault on, on creation. It's assault on the creator. It's assault on society and 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 the family at large. Right, and I think that's probably why Christians are number one on their hit list, because they stand for the family and those um, values. Well, I did a program recently and had to do with an article that was published by the Washington Post, and it was taught program, and it was based on the Washington Post article, and the title of the article was Time to Fight the Government, a fast-flowing U.S. movement armed with guns and constitutions sees a clear threat to liberty. You know, they talk about extremist groups. This is the main point I want to make. They're not ISIS. They're not uh, radical, progressive, tree-hugging, crazed people. It, it's never anyone that uh, wants to, to destroy human life as in, in terms of the abortion mills. It's always people of Christian faith, it could never be a Muslim, it could never be, you know, uh, any other faith, but, but, but Christianity is being radicalized. And, the, and so the only extremists really are people that believe in the Constitution, that believe, you know, in conservatism, you know, that believe, so there's really four C's, and I've expanded it beyond the three, and that is our country, our Constitution, our, our, our Christianity, and, and conservatism. If you're not part of those four C's, then uh, you, you could never be considered an extremist based on the, these groups that track and monitor hate and extremism. Unbelievable, but everything has turned around. What used to be right is wrong, and what was wrong is now right. So I think they pretty much, I think they pretty much have met their goal. And, and I guess this all plays into the global system and where we're headed. Oh, yeah, and that's one of the things we focus on a lot, and I know you do, too, is on globalism, internationalism, transnationalism, you know, the, the forces of one world is, um, you know, united world government. Uh, and I do believe it's, it, it is, it's got a satanic base to it. You know, the roots are in Satanism, you know, and it, it is absolutely diabolical and demonic. And that's, you know, I know I'm considered a descriptive host, but that's, uh, I, can, I can't help myself. Um, I, I really think that, and I don't know how you feel about this, but if I'm asked to go to some kind of social event, and I have friends that, you know, they're conservative, but they're a little more moderate, you know, or for other colleagues, and they're saying, you know, there might be some people here, the art world, there might be some people here, and they're like, they're like almost petrified of what I might say. And I said, well, yes, no, I'm tactful. You know, I, I, I don't try to um, control or, or mold anybody. You know, I'm not out to harm or, or hurt anybody, or I'm not out to directly offend someone. But, it, you know, my radio program is my... Is my is my bully pulpit? You know, it's my mm -hmm. opportunity to share my views and values. But I I don't know how how you, how is it for you when you go into social settings and you know that certain things could come up. How do you handle that? I don't. I'm like you. If somebody asks my opinion, I'll give it. But I don't run in there like the bull in the china shop. Think I'm going to change the world. You know, there again. That's why I have my show, and that's that to me is my ministry to bring people to the show that are experts on these different subjects and I get to interview them and that's where I get to then distribute or disseminate that information that I'm learning a lot of time I mean I know a little bit of, about some of the subjects but then when I um, find my guest 
I'd rather just ask the questions and get the information out there for the hour that the listeners are giving me that day. So I'm I'm trying to fulfill my obligation as interviewer and host, you know. So it's all about the guest and the information, not so much about what I think, although I do chime in. Well, you know, I want the audience to realize that we're friends, we're colleagues, and I'm not interviewing you because of particular expertise. And what I'm hoping come out of this is that you will be a part of this program from time to time and share your views, share um, research that you have uncovered or you, you like to provide our audience. And we have a dialogue, you know, we have a conversation about those things. But you are right. There are some hosts, uh, when I interviewed it back in the day, Eustace Mullins on Secrets of the Federal Reserve and the World Order or G. Edward Griffin or, you know, or, or certain people like Ron Paul. I, I would say I'm not here to compete with them and I'm not here to say to show them what I know. Uh, at that point, I'm like a surgeon. I'm going in with you know precision in terms of dissecting and extracting and trying to, to bring forward to the audience. And the next day, I might then give more of my views or what I know or maybe even areas that I would say that we maybe perhaps didn't cover. Before we wrap up today on this you know woman's bathroom, transgender bathroom issue, there's one thing I do want to say. Mm-hmm. So this is where I put my tinfoil hat on. I was thinking, why in the world would they be pushing this? And you're right. It's be a part of it is because political correctness, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said earlier, if the government knows that these cases have gone on and, and the law enforcement know, why would they push this like they have? And why is... Obama threatening, so the federal government now is threatening these states that, for instance, if a high school doesn't toe the line with these transgender rights to any bathroom they want to use, no matter what, that they'll get their, um, their, the money that they receive from the feds, they'll be cut off, basically. Here's where the tinfoil hat part comes in. Where is the only place... Well, here, here's where I'm going. Well, I mean, in, in total, as time goes on, the only place where there's no bathroom, uh, cameras yet that we know of are in public bathrooms, right? So what's going to happen? Do you think that these uh, guys who rape, video women, assault women, whatever, do you think that that's going to stop? Absolutely not. If anything, I think it's going to just increase the number of incidents that happen once they have free reign in these areas. So what will happen then is law enforcement will have come in and say, okay, we have to install cameras for your safety. And I think at that point, everybody's going to be, oh, yes, for our safety. Yes, we'll, we agree to that. Well, that's an so, interesting point, but let me, let me just interject for a second, and that is that uh, you have to realize that some of these people that, based on their so-called identity preference, you know, they uh, or, or, or what they, who, who, whom they identify with, especially in, in public areas, a lot of these folks, you know, it's, it's almost like a bathhouse. They they uh, they have sexual encounters. So I think that they would resist the cameras. And, and so they would say we have a right to our privacy because it's not just about performing, you know, uh, necessary. Um, it, it may be because uh, they're looking for, uh, you know, this, their so-called love connection. Well, uh, this has just came across my mind, so let's just, we'll see what happens, but I guarantee 
in the future as this these incidents increase because of these laws changing, I'll bet you anything that will be the next thing is now we're going to put cameras in the bathrooms and everybody will say, oh, thank you, it's our own good. Well, any, That's just is my crazy possible. talk. You know, I mean, we, yeah. we have the thought so that, you know, you can't use certain words, you know, that, and again, I, I'm not out to use any words that um, I feel are offensive or, or try to hurt or harm anybody. It's just unbelievable that if someone does slip or they say something or, for instance, I, I lived in California, especially um, my last time in California was Northern California, and I learned from people of Asian descent that they don't they don't prefer, and they certainly don't, and they exp- they explained to me that they don't want to be called Oriental, and because they said that refers to furniture, it refers to objects uh, that are not you know human, and I never thought about it. I just I always was told that you know they're Oriental, you know, and so because I it was explained to me, and it made sense. From there on, I call them, you know, people of Asian descent, you know, or Asian Americans, or just Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so sometimes there are good reasons that, that then they say, well, I've always said it that way. Well, I, I think that, you know, you be mindful and you can be respectful if it makes sense. Well, that was all I wanted to say before we got off that subject, because um, anyway, I just feel really strong about it, and I just don't hear many women especially talking on the subject. Well, my guest today has been Angeline Marie. She does a radio program called Truth Seekers Radio Show, and the same namesake is her website, truthseekersradioshow.com, and you are, um, and you have all the information in terms of, you know, internet uh, station affiliates and stations that you work with, and at one time you are with Red State Talk Radio, which I'm also involved with, and they'll hear this. So uh, maybe we'll have to have you back the the newly reformatted uh, Red State Talk Radio. All right. It sounds good, Tom. And thanks so much again for asking me to come on and talk to you today. Well, I'll have you back. And like I say, you're a friend, you're a colleague. And I certainly wanted a female's perspective, one that's a woman of faith and and constitutionally oriented and conservative and uh, in terms of social conservatism. So we do appreciate that. Angeline Marie has been my guest. Thank you so much. And... uh, Uh, All the best to you. Thanks, Tom.